0: Hi everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. This is Patricia Miller, Managing Editor of Cannabis and Tech Today. Joining me is Lulu Sway, Chief Experience Officer at On The Revel, President of the Cannabis Media Council, and Advisor for Oakland Haifei. Thanks for chatting with us, Lulu. Thanks, Patricia.
1: I'm really excited to be here. Um, Cannabis and Tech and all the things like I am passionate about. So it's a pleasure.
0: Yeah. So I think um, your your experiences really lend itself well to our audience and sort of their key interests. Um, so I'm excited to to hear your perspective. Before you joined cannabis, you were working in really tech forward spaces. Can you tell me a little bit about, about your background before you got into cannabis and the whole scene?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, this is going to age me a little bit, but um, I grew up uh, in as my career in the tech space when web, uh, web 1.0 was was uh, blooming. So I kind of grew up um, from web one to web two to web three, and for the past probably 17 years now, I've been what is now called a user experience and research designer. Um, so designing products and services um, in the tech space um, using you know lean UX methodologies and user centered design methodologies.
0: And so, I mean, that's super niche in itself, right? And then you looked at cannabis and said, I'm going to go even more niche. What sort (laughs) of, what drew you to that space?
1: So I've always been really curious about um, how people work and and why people, you know, do things. And my whole goal in the space for UX is, you know, creating tools and and products and services that help you do your work, so you have more time to do the things that you love. Um, and I've worked across different types of verticals, from you know, nonprofit to medical to fintech to instruments. So. I designed the software that ran, you know, Thermo Fisher's mass spec and chromatography machines, which was really fun to do. I did a uh, cancer reagent testing machines for Ventana, um, which has just got bought by Roche. So those were always fun. And my, in my, my, uh, my family is all engineers um, and science and doctors. So it just kind of, Fit. And plus, if you talk to anybody around me, that's close to me. I just, like like to tell people how to do things more efficiently. So um, <laughs> it just kind of suited my personality. Um, so I was designing systems for, for different types of groups. And then um, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. I grew up in Oregon and went to school in Washington state. And about 2015, um, 2016, some of my friends from college jumped into the cannabis space when it went legal in Washington. Um, and what was really exciting was, I mean, they had their their grow, but they had another um, part of their operation, which was all about the extraction processing and post-processing side of the house. So they called me first to say, hey, you know, we're working with the seat to sale system. Um, I don't remember which one it was at the time. They're like, it's really awful. Um, as one, you know, as it does happen in, in technology, um, mm-hmm. when you're kind of trying to launch something from industry, one industry, you'll borrow something from another and kind of like Frankenstein it together. Oh, yeah. um, and, and in this case, the seed to sell uh, software was just not fitting with how they were trying to run their business. Like, and right when they asked me to kind of take a look at it, the the software platform kind of closed off their APIs. So there really wasn't, anything you could do, at least if they had an open API, you could like try to create something um, that worked a specific way um, that made sense and then feed it through information back. But they're really, they just stopped doing that. So I was like, sorry guys, there's nothing I can really do um, to like try to ease your workflows or SOPs. And then they said, well, why don't you just kind of hang out and see if there's anything you want to do in the space. So I lived with these guys for about a year in Belfair, Washington, um, you know, learning about everything that uh, came their way on the grow side, as well as you know, being able to learn what was happening on the extraction, post processing, and processing side. Um, I got to go with them on installs in different locations, so I was able to see in different markets, you know, the you know, at home kind of in your basement type of. Extraction um, folks to right. you know the ten million dollar buildouts that were happening on the East Coast. So wow. that was foray into the legal cannabis space. Um, mm-hmm. And then in New York, I met Jacoby, my co-founder, and he came up from the Wash or sorry, from the Colorado market. So it was the first time where we able- I was able to in New York have a actual conversation about like the supply chain or what was really happening. Because you know we were in New York and it was a lot about advocacy, it was a lot about fundraising, but there mm. wasn't a lot of information about boots on the ground. It mm. was more like speculation. Um, so it was really nice to just have someone in New York to talk to because I was here part time as well, um, mm. and that's how we started on the Revel. And just side note, our first name was actually the Cannabis Tech Group because um, Jacoby is also from the tech space, and um, that's what we were trying to focus on, but. It just turned out that um, there was so much more that we wanted to do in terms of like getting people who look like us interested um, in cannabis for opportunities. So then we became On The Revel.
0: I love that. So let's talk about On The Revel. It seems like you've got a passion for education and for networking and for like technology, bringing all these disparate pieces together that really all do make up the cannabis industry. So what is on the Revel? What's it doing? And what's sort of unique about it in the space? So
1: what we noticed, um, in our first, in a couple of years in cannabis was like, there was kind of a, everybody was learning, but there was also a little bit of gatekeeping of information. Mm -hmm. Very specific people were allowed access very specific people were allowed, you know, had the ability to fundraise. Um, And what was really important for us, for Jacoby and I, was the fact that we wanted resources and we wanted information available for everybody. Mm. So, you know, not everybody is going to be a cannabis entrepreneur. Not everybody is gonna join the cannabis industry, but we thought it was just really important that if people were interested, they would have information, real information, transparent information, and access, access to good uh, vendors, access to good lawyers, access to all the folks um, in our community that we've built in the past six years within New York, as well as the other markets that we've, we're, you know, able to go and work with and meet. So that's what we're trying to do: is just make democrat- democratized uh, information available to the people. That's that's our main purpose. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, I think it's interesting that it's less so now, but over the past several years I've been writing about the space, there is certain information people just don't want to share. They consider it, like, proprietary. That's our secret sauce. But I think the industry has so much potential to grow into a better space and a more... Um, a space that can better serve its constituents if if people would just share that information. And if if more people get access to it, I think you would see more diversity in the industry. I
1: think diversity and also different ways of doing things in different SOPs, right? Like, you know, there's only a certain amount of way you can extract something. There's only a certain amount of way, like, you know what I mean? Like there's there's, you can't bend the science too much. So I don't know, like all this, like, Holding your your cards close to your chest, or this kind of scarcity mindset, Mm. it's not something that we believe in that can grow anything. So what we're trying to foster is um, this uh, abundance mindset. Like, hey, you know, there's plenty of opportunities for everybody. Um, You know, we're seeing a lot of fallout in other markets where it hasn't kind of worked. Um, And you know, I just think we have this opportunity, especially in New York, to collaborate, um, you know, with folks from other markets, you know, a lot of folks from other markets are trying to come into New York. New York is, it's a different beast altogether. You have to have your, your person, your guy, your, you know, your connections to make anything work in New York. So hmm. I really feel like this is going to be really necessary for some type of, uh, mix between, you know, a, a New Yorker and a, an industry expert. Like that's the only way it's really going to work.
0: Okay. See, and as a non-New Yorker, it wouldn't have occurred to me that maybe you need people on the inside to really be able to get into the industry.
1: One hundred percent. I mean, it's it's just it's just different the way that you know consumers shop here is different. Um, you don't leave your five block radius, hmm. you know, and delivery is a huge thing. Like the idea of me going—I've you know, lived here pretty much on and off for sixteen years now the idea of me leaving my neighborhood to go to times square to buy cannabis is just it makes absolutely no sense you know like for me it would be hey i'm going to call somebody for delivery because there's just way too much to do here Mm -hmm. um or you know hey i'm walking down my street i'm going to go to my local um dispensary so it's it's more that type of it's still very local and still very community driven and that's what's really beautiful about the opportunities here is I think there's something for everybody so it's going to be a really interesting market to see you know people's um, business plans and and strategies on how they're going to make it work out here.
0: Yeah I, I could imagine so tell me a little bit about what you're doing with the Cannabis Media Council and how that came about
1: so that is a really special project um i think everyone who is involved in cannabis knows how hard it is to advertise or market um we don't mm-hmm. have the same tools that are available to other markets so for example google instagram facebook they're constantly being shut down so the cannabis media council came to be um joyce sonali from big rock and snow hills farm and amy dennison from uh, fino ad agency and curaleaf Coached mm. uh, me to participate. They're, they're dear friends and colleagues. They they told me about this, and I was super excited. So I am president of that group. Um, I'm also really excited that um, we have an all female board. Um, we have Rachel Boykins from Goodtree Capital, based over in Chicago. We have So uh, Ophelia Chong, Asian Americans for Cannabis Education. She's based in LA and just a firecracker who's done so many things. Um, we awesome. have Annie yeah she is so awesome she's like <laughs> she's like my i like to call her my mentor um but my fairy god mentor because she's just magical in all ways um <laughs> <I love that. laughs> we have um annie davis um from growing impact locana Cannoncraft. she is a powerhouse um, Allison Disney from Receptor Brands, they've been doing some amazing things and um, with uh, cannabis at, as an agency and advertising a marketing design agency. Oh, we have so Stephanie Honig um, from the Napa Valley Cannabis Association, been doing a lot of things in the beverage sector. Hmm. Uh, Dale Skye-Jones, of course, from Oaksterdam education, powerhouse. Um, I'm actually an Oaksterdam alum. So all I'm right. 15 years ago. And <laughs> Carl Lyman um, from the Lyman Agency, who's our PR um, powerhouse. So all of these women are just, I respect so much. And we're just really excited to start creating national campaigns akin to the Got Milk for the dairy industry. Um, it's uh-huh. time that our industry move forward together you know, not as just a brand, not as just one category, but together as an industry to start creating some PSAs that are cannabis positive, mm-hmm. um, not just about consumption, but around, you know, it's just a plant. There's so many cool things that you can do with this plant. Um, so we're really excited that our, we're, you know, talking about releasing our first campaign this year. So, um, so look out.
0: That makes me so excited. I was just talking with a friend uh, recently who just opened a dispensary in New Mexico. It's a new um, adult use market here uh, as of April of this year. And we were saying, you know, we've got to be more creative with the marketing and the messaging. And I wish there were ways to do broader campaigns that talk about um, destigmatizing the plant, but without having to get into the negative, to change it into the positive, like how can we create awareness of it? And like, I think uh, the hemp, hemp movement was really successful with that. And I'm trying to think, I interviewed the woman many years ago who was responsible for some of the early hemp campaigns in um, I think Oklahoma before the new farm bill passed. But she focused on uh, pictures of all of the things you can make out of hemp and all of the ways that hemp is is powerful and versatile and interesting. And it's not, as she said, it. it's not the devil's lettuce. This is like a very useful textile um, for one. And it was a great way to position it as a consumer product um, rather than uh, something that, you know, is a still considered a schedule one narcotic. So I think that's powerful that you're coming together to do that. Yeah, I think
1: um, I think we need it. You know, and I think like we're at the precipice of federal uh, legalization, so it'd be great to just you know start education, start you know positive uh, change and understanding of what you know this this plant is all about. Which for me is is very much very helpful for physical ailments, you know, pain, um, nausea, appetite, um, sleep. Um, there's just so many amazing things in, and I think it's time for people. To feel comfortable talking about it. I know there's, you know, people are in the green closet. They're nervous about, you know, hey, I use this for sleep, or hey, I'm a parent and, you know, Mm -hmm. I use this for X, Y, and Z. You know, there's a lot of fear based around that. So, what we're we're trying to do is, again, you know, like you said, start normalizing it um, and destigmatizing it on this national level. And we're very excited about the traction um, that we're receiving. So, you know, look out coming up, we'll, we'll, you know, we're going to be releasing our first campaign and I'm pretty stoked about that.
0: So how are you using your years of experience in technology to drive these different businesses you're working with?
1: So for me, it's, um, it's all about learning about who we're trying to serve. Right. So, you know, it's, it's never, Hey, I'm designing something for myself. I'm designing something for, you know, this is my own, my personal way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much about, hey, what is our community? So, for example, with On the Rebel, it's, you know, what is impor- important to our community? Like right now, our program in New York is coming online. So, um, we're changing it a little bit to just really understand what the questions are coming, um, what questions are being posed from different groups, and we're curating our programming around that. So, um, and again, with designing anything, it's like, okay, well, understanding who I'm designing this product for, what are their goals? What are their motivations? How are they working currently? How can we design something that just pops into their workflow? So it's gonna be easy them for them to adopt and easy for them to use, right? What we don't want is like <laughs> what happened with all the seed to sale platforms is like, hey, we have this thing that's worked for agriculture. We've had this thing that's worked for X or Y here, use it. And people were like, wait, like I I keep having to train people to use it in a way that makes no sense to us. And you know, the turnover rate is so high sometimes in cannabis and I'm continually trying to like teach people how to use things that don't make sense. And everyone hates their seek to sell, you know, platform, like everybody, Everybody I know, like, it's just such a pain in the ass. And, you know, so instead, like with my world of user experience is like, okay, well, let's interview everybody, understand how they work, let's plot the things that they do similarly. Let's look at the things they do differently. And let's like assess how we can make it so everyone feels comfortable using it in a way that would work for everyone, you know, so it's, it's kind of like that way of thinking, um, which I actually love because it helps me learn about different industries. And I'm not an expert in different industries. I'm an expert of understanding how people want to work in these different industries and creating things that are helpful. Like that's how I describe it.
0: That reminds me, it's sounds very like anthropological. Um, yeah. like you, you have to understand people. And then I think to make any, any industry successful, you need to understand how people are, are interacting with it and using it. And like you, you said earlier, how, how to make that process more efficient from the, for them so they can do what they love to do more easily. Um, yeah. So I think that's really needed in the, in the cannabis space. I'm reminded of an article um, submitted from the National Association of Cannabis Businesses for our last issue, but it was about the digital divide um, in the cannabis industry and how that can really be a barrier, especially for minority business owners, but really it can be about educational backgrounds. It can be about access to that technology. Um, Have you run into that kind of tech divide in your work where you're seeing that lack of access I mean, I think technology plays a really interesting
1: um technology that's built on existing or previous infrastructure. It's hard because then in order to run something, you have to buy all this equipment. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have to buy servers, you have to buy, you know, machines. That all adds up. So mm-hmm. you can offer a front end subscription based model for like, oh, your social equity, we're gonna give you a year free, which is great. But if you're forcing them to buy equipment that's gonna cost like fifty to hundred thousand dollars, that's still a pain in the ass, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have other startups that are just launching that are fresh code base, but then they might not have all of the like more complicated things that you need to run your business into one turnkey thing. So now you're managing like six different vendors and trying to have them communicate with each other which is also a pain in the ass. So I, I, I joke about this when I'm like, I'm just waiting for Salesforce or somebody to come and buy everybody and then create a turnkey solution. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the play that everyone is you know kind of waiting for, but um, at just some point it just it just needs to get easier. Um, and it's also hard to pivot when all of a sudden the state regulation changes. And then you are dependent on your technology platform to quickly update that so you can run your business without having a delay or break in your day or two or three or four weeks. With some, you know, a couple, I remember a couple of scenarios that happened in in Washington state where something changed and the seat to sell operator could not get it done quickly enough, so the whole program for washington state was down for like two two weeks wow. so those types of scenarios that are just very taxing when it comes to technology same thing as it would in other in another industry but we don't have you know like on the dime like okay tomorrow this is going to change next day that's going to change so um yeah. so yeah there's there's always little hiccups that happen like that
0: yeah i was speaking with, um, a woman from the, she's been working with tribes in Nevada who are, you know, they're sovereign, they're self-regulating and they're creating their own cannabis laws, but then maybe they're only running like one or two or four dispensaries. And so they've got to have technology that can help them with compliance for just like a handful of businesses and then another tribe in that same state, same deal, but slight differences. And so they're having to deal with the cost of this technology that, yeah, you know, maybe you can afford metric if you're the state of Nevada and you've got hundreds of, of dispensaries or operators, but if you're dealing with um, small localities, like trying to cover that expense has really been a challenge. So it is interesting to see how technology can really create access, but also barriers, you know, it's just. Yeah. And another thing I think um,
1: retailers or folks need to consider and a question to ask is, hey, software platform I'm using, how easy is it for me to access my customer data?
0: Mm. Oh, great point.
1: Yeah. So um, I think I've also heard one of the ways they trap you is, in order for you to even access your customer data or if you want to switch to a platform another platform to import all of your customer data there's fees and around that so you know lots of things to ask but i think that's really important especially for folks that are coming online like that is a great question ask your provider and if it's not possible then have them write into the contract
0: yeah killer point because that's your, your customer data is super valuable and it's the same when you're using like some third party um, e-commerce platforms will do the same thing Yeah where that data isn't isn't yours anymore and then they can market to your customers with other dispensaries if they want to. Right. Um, so protecting your data right from the start, I think that's a killer point too. Um, let's take a, a quick sponsor break. Um, we're gonna keep the lights on here and then we'll be back with more from Lulu. Every cultivator knows that facility design can make or break your grow. So why not choose the team with over 15 years of experience in the industry? CERNA Cultivation Technologies provides floor plan and architectural services, comprehensive HVACB equipment, lighting and benching, and so much more, all within your budget. It's time to grow your way. Go to CERNA.com. That's S-U-R-N-A.com to learn more. And we are back here with Lulu. We're talking about education, technology, and access to the cannabis space. Um, I really like that it seems like one of the goals of On the Revel is to create like a networking space, um, networking opportunities for people. Are you seeing um, a lot more interest in in that cannabis sector in New York where people want to come together and learn and talk about tech and figure out how they can find their niche in the industry?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've built a really awesome community for entrepreneurs, um, advocacy, uh, investors, and everyone in between. Um, so for the past six years and now what we're trying to do is, you know, just get people aware that, you know, there is a adult use market coming. Um, New York was not that great about their medical program, you know, for the number of doctors and patients we had, it was very uh, disproportionate compared to the, um, population that we have. Mm. So, so now, you know, we are, always trying to create a room where everyone is welcome. And I think we do a pretty good job with that. Um, The vibe that we've always created um, was that of uh, a friend's party, you know, like uh, a hangout. Um, We wanted to give information. We wanted to bring people together for food, for culture. So all the things that you would normally have with cannabis culture, um, we wanted to do and also add the um, opportunity and education and networking piece to it. So. Um, I think one thing we do differently than other folks is we never do a call for speakers. Um, We, Jacoby and I, figure out, you know, the programming based on information and questions and kind of what's happening um, in the New York market. And then we will create programming and then we'll go through a Rolodex and be like, okay, who would be the best speaker for this? Who would be the best speaker for that? So
0: So good. That's such a good way to do it.
1: Yeah, so all of our speakers are either one or two degrees separated from us. And that's how we like to keep it. Um, And that really, you know, kind of validates, um, you know, the folks that we work with, because they're either someone that we've worked with, or somebody that our friends have worked with. Um, And that just keeps our community tight. And it kind Mm -hmm. of I don't know, it just, it makes it special because you're hanging out with friends now, right? You're like, versus like, oh, here's someone I don't know. I don't know what their background is. I don't know if they've screwed other people in other industries, you know, like mm. it's, it's it's happening. There's a lot of snake snake oil salesmen. There's yeah. a lot of people just popping up like, oh, I help people get social equity license. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of you before. And I've been <laughs> here for a while. Um, oh, I see everybody on your board has quit. And, and that's another mm. thing I just want to point out. If you are investing in real estate, if you're investing in any other, any other industry, please do the same due diligence as you would in those industries, as you do in cannabis. I just hear so many stories. It's like, oh, well, I just invested in this company. I'm like, oh, they say blah, 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 blah. I'm like, have you reached out and done a background check? Mm. Have you like you know, it's, it's just been a lot of that. It's like, Oh, I just Googled them. And I found that they're in the middle of a lawsuit. So, you know, that everything Mm -hmm. you're investing in that money is probably going to feed that lawsuit instead of (laughs) that no one's heard about. So it was just really encourage everyone. And from my own experience too, I, I was so glassy eyed, Um, you know, and learn my lesson. But just please do your due diligence, like research, call, like, you know, do your interviews, the folks that they've worked with. Cannabis is still a very small industry. If you drop someone's name, they probably can tell you all the deals that have been good and all the deals that have been bad. Just, just learn and make your decision with the, you know, the, the correct information that is necessary.
0: Well, so you're giving people in on the rebel an opportunity to kind of build trust with their community, showcase their expertise, and then also an opportunity to learn and and connect with other people who might be more knowledgeable than them or who might need their expertise. Um, yeah. it's just connecting valuable. good people
1: in the room. Yes, connecting good people in the room. Whether, you know, it's for cannabis or anything else. One thing we've been really um, really excited and proud to hear is like, we've heard so many stories like, oh, I met my business partner at the last on the revel or I just got my new job or, Hey, you know, I was on a discord and I just got offered, you know, my new position. So it's, it's happening. Um, and, and that's, that's what we're trying to do is just like form your company babies, you know, have your, (laughs) you know, have your entry point into cannabis with someone that you trust or, you know, someone that we trust. And, you know that's what this is that's what it's all about it's actually the long game cannabis is a long game it's it's not like the smash and grab like let's let's make this happen in in a year or two like that's that's not the vibe and everyone that's tried to do that you know the only one that's making money are the lawyers
0: yeah well said it does feel like there's this urgency like an intensity like now's the time you know you got to go but taking the time to craft your relationships and your brand, uh, I think will pay off for people. Um, what, what's the next big project you're most excited about for on the revel or the media council?
1: So we are hosting our first block party, um, in Brooklyn. We're going to have it at beds in bed at Restoration Plaza. Um, this is August 28th, which is a Sunday. So the first time we're actually putting music. Um, into our programming as well. So we're gonna have you know our classic um, education platform. We have um, some amazing speakers and then we're gonna bring some music and a you know a traditional New York block party with food and vendors um, and dance. So that's gonna be really exciting. Um, so we keep changing it. At some point I'm like, Jacoby, why do we do this to ourselves? We have the formula, <laughs> we got it. And then it's like, okay, now we're gonna do something else. Um, So we have that coming up and then in November we're hosting our second all day conference. So we held our first one last year. It was, it was really awesome. We're going to be doing it again this year. Um, And I think so that's 2022 Mm -hmm. Um, cannabis media council. We're really excited to, um, you know, start our first campaign um for a you know, national campaign on on destigmatizing um the plant <laughs> so pretty stoked about that and then um i'm also starting a project on uh genetic authentication and putting it on the blockchain so that's a side mm-hmm. project coming up and then all the stuff with with um psilocybin testing um with oakland hyphae so lots of things
0: we might have to have another conversation about your genetic on the blockchain project <laughs> that's yeah. right up my alley. That's super cool. Yeah. That's that one I'm really excited about.
1: So um, I don't know how much I can talk about it, but um, as that gets underway, I'll definitely reach out and I'm really excited about it. It's, it's, It's everything that another company I won't name tried to do, except this time it's going to be democratized and people will, um, get a share of everything. So,
0: all right, well, I will be eagerly following that. It sounds exciting. Um, where can our listeners go, myself included to follow the projects that you're working on? So
1: for on the revels on the revel.com, R E V E L, um, our Instagram, we have a discord called dope people. Um, the Cannabis Media Council, we have our website up. So if you want to reach out and learn more, um, please do. It's CannabisMediaCouncil.com. Um, and yeah, and Oakland Haifei, um, Oakland P-H-A-E dot And I think those, yeah, those are all the URLs that I'm currently working <laughs>
0: with. I love it. Um, well, I guess we will conclude it there. I'm so glad you could join us. Lulu, do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners?
1: More women, please on the tech and science side, please come over to cannabis. We really, really need you. Um, mm-hmm. We need different ways of thinking, we need collaboration, we need folks to just kind of like arrange all the messy stuff that's happening together. (laughs) (laughs) Put the pieces, the jigsaw pieces together. Um, So I would really love to see more women on the STEM side of cannabis and other plant medicines as well.
0: I love that, yeah, I'm with you. If you'd like to learn more about emerging cannabis technology um, and hear from other awesome people making change in the space, feel free to follow, like, and subscribe to Cannabis Tech Talks. We're available on Apple iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also pick up the most recent issue of Cannabis and Tech Today with a lot of cool insights like those we just discussed um, available on Barnes & Noble newsstands across the country or check out canatechtoday.com. Um, that's all for this episode brought to you by polyscience and thanks for joining us until next time stay elevated
1: hey hello i'm tommy chong if you want something really nice in your laboratory by chill. i'm telling you if you're not using this durachill you're not really in the pot business you're just on the fringe of it So if you really want to get serious, man, this is what you need. You need a Dura-Chill in your
0: life. You've got the technology here to have the cleanest, purest, healthiest product. I'm impressed. You want me to sell this?
1: Buy it. Try Dura-Chill or else if your chiller's down, you ain't making money. And you heard it from me, Tommy Chong.
0: Brought to you by PolyScience.